Hello, hello, hello. You're welcome to the Startup Lagos Podcast, a podcast dedicated to highlighting the bubbling scene of the growing startup community of the city of Lagos. And I'm your host, Olumide Olainka. And if you'd like to subscribe to the show, join us on SoundCloud, iTunes, RSS, at startuplagos.co. My name is Olash Bomi Adeyemi. I'm a photography enthusiast, so I'm not um, a, a pro, if, if you like, but I, I really, I'm really intrigued by photography. And hopefully, uh, we have similar in the house who are either uh, upcoming photographers, established photographers who want to network, <clears throat> or just people that really like uh, photography. So, I, I don't know. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, are we good? Okay, cool. Okay, so whilst uh, we seem to be um, waiting to sort out some technical issues, so whilst we uh, address that, I don't know if anyone would be bold enough to just tell us what you hope to get out of this uh, session. I've kind of hinted on some of the things I, I, I would want to learn from an established photographer, but I don't know if anyone is bold enough to just raise up their hand and uh, say what they hope to, to get out of this session. Is, sorry, is, is my voice loud enough? Uh, am, I, am I clear? Okay, great. So d does anyone want to just you know, pop up and say what, what they hope to get out of the session. Did, did, did you raise your hand, madam? Okay, sorry, sorry. You're just... Okay. Uh, anyone? Okay. How are you finding the LEGO Startup Week so far? Is it interesting? Sir, you, you have a big smile on your face. Do you, would you like to say anything? Yes, you, sir. Okay, please. I found it uh, really stimulating, and uh, I'm really uh, learning a lot about the ecosystem. And I'm very positive about the, the whole uh, uh, the whole ecosystem and the, the, the prospects uh, for the future. So I, I really uh, encourage all of you to uh, continue as uh, strong and as uh, lively as uh, you are currently doing. Thank you very much, sir, for for that. Thank you for. Starting the ball rolling. I don't know if anyone else has any um, expectations. Sir, you, you look very serious and stern. Would, would, would you like to say what you hope to get out of this photography session? Sorry to put you on the spot, but that's, that's what we're here for. Hi, I'll majorly, I'll like to learn about et ethics and what guides him, how far he goes, and... Uh, Major rules and his major discipline towards photography. Uh, thank you very much, sir. So you want to learn about the discipline um, of photography and, and to see how far you can go with, with your photography as a, in terms of where you are now. Let's just start. Okay. Okay, we'll, we'll just make a start so we don't waste your time.
Okay. Um, as I earlier introduced myself, my name is Ola Shibomi Adeyemi. I'm a photography enthusiast. Who knows, one day I might be sitting where uh, our guest is, will be sitting. Um, I, I work in a bank, um, and I, I know it sounds odd, but yes, I, I like photography. So, uh, without much further ado, <laughs> I would like to bring up um, our, our speaker for, for this session. Uh, his name is, well, before I tell you his name, let me just do a brief intro. So, he studied uh, computer engineering at the Enugu State University of Science and Technology. Um, he's obviously a photographer. Uh, he's, he loves his art. His style of photography is mostly photojournalistic and documentary style of photography. Um, as we will see uh, from our engagement in him, he's, he's a phenomenal photographer um, and a testament of the um, topic of this session, which is the art of photography. Um, so hopefully we can all learn, uh, look at his background, look at how he does what he does. And hopefully he can talk us through some of his uh, uh, tricks of the trade, if you like, from a business point of view and from a technical standpoint of things. So without much further ado, uh, please join me in welcoming Mr. Bernard Kalu. <laughs> oh, come on, guys. <laughs> Okay, so, um, well, well, thank you for coming, sir. Uh, so, I mean, be, be, before we get into the heart of, of the matter, I mean, how, how do you see photography in the, um, in the Nigerian space at the moment? Like, is, has it changed over the years? Is it still um, just a, a, side, a side hustle, or, or is it something that has the makings of so, <laughs> something much more? Hello, um, good evening, and um, I'd like to say I'm really, really honored to be here. Special thanks to Startup Lagos, special thanks to the Noun Collective. Um, okay, to the question. I think photography over the years has, has evolved. You know, while I was in school, like some five years ago, our idea of photographers were just um, people that were jobless, Guys that just wanted to make, um, make a living for themselves, just raise quick cash. Because then, then that was the age where you just find people around wedding event venues, maybe a wedding. You just find this, this man with his camera and he has a printer in his bag. He, he, just, he will snap the guests, print it, collect 100 hours from them, stuff like that. But over the years, we've seen um, photography change, as in the evolution has been so massive. Now, there's, um, people, more, people have more respect for photographers. Photographers, are, um, photographers now, even they demand more respect now. Because when you say photographer, you don't just see someone that is broke. You don't just see someone that is um, aimless. You don't just see someone that, is, um, that doesn't have a vision for his life. You now understand that this is actually, um, this is work. This is creative work. You, you not, they now see photographers as, as artists, not just um, random hustlers. So things have changed. Um, uh, thank you very much, Bernard. Um, I, I noticed you're wearing the Now Collective's T-shirt. Um, I, I don't know if, if you'd like to just 
talk to us a little bit about that in relation to photography landscape in Nigeria? Um, the Noun Collective. The Noun Collective is, um, is an idea vetted by Mr. Shagun Olotu, uh, a mentor and a friend of mine. It's, it's something that it's been, his, it's, been, it's been his baby for years, but on, it didn't start until last year. Last year was the maiden edition. It's, uh, we had, um, first of all, we had like a, like a give back campaign, which he organized. We went to communities around Lagos. We, we took photos of them, gave them um, startup, what do, you, what do you call it? Kits for their kids. Went to the markets. That's where we went, went to Kedja Market. We met these women and these traders. We got them books for them. We got um, all sorts of um, school amenities to give to their children. That's what we started at then. The big one was the actual, um, the actual event. It was, it was like a conference. A conference that spanned two days. That's two days conference. We had guests from all over the world. We had guests from Romania. We had guests from United States. We had guests from South Africa. Top photographers. I mean, really, really top photographers. Uh, we had people like Mauricio. We had Chad. We had um, Christelle. We had really amazing photographers. These are photographers, many of us, we see their work online, and they, they seem like these guys live in Jupiter or Mars. You understand? They, they, they didn't, they, we, didn't, we didn't believe. You know, many of us used to think these guys are not humans. But to have them sit down with us, share with us, and even... For us to meet them afterwards, it's, it, was, it was, such, was, such, was such a blessing. Uh, it's, it's, it's a paid event, it's a, it's a paid conference, and the next one is coming on next year. And already, um, there are already slots going out for sale. So if you're able to book, um, get yourself a ticket in time, you, you pay the early bed fee, which is 120K. 120K compared to what you'll be getting you know, as, a, as, a, as we were talking on Sunday, I said it's beyond the lessons you learn. There's something that happens to you when you meet some kind of people. You might not necessarily get, the, you might not necessarily get what ISO they shoot at or what aperture they shoot at, but meeting them, there's something that happens to you. You just know that you're not in the wrong path. You, just, you, you, you have faith beats up in your heart, you understand? So it's something that you should look forward to. Thank you. Thank you very much, Bernard. Uh, one thing he didn't tell you is, uh, so you have people who, who capture guys like um, Nickelback, you know, the renowned international uh, rock and roll bands, Marilyn Manson, uh, you know, all, all these established uh, musicians. You had photographers who actually capture these guys, come and speak, 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 uh, speak with us and share um, what informs their style of photography, how, how they take their, their pictures the way they do. Uh, another thing he didn't tell you is that a lot of them were also dancing Skeleu and Azonto at the after party, uh, which, which was, was, was quite interesting. Um, okay, so just, a, I suppose, a, a final word on, on the Now, now Collectives. It's, it's, it's really, um, can I say, life-changing, if, if you like, if you're a professional photographer, because you, you get to meet these people, you get to be inspired by them, and you get to learn the, the tricks of the trade. So if you are interested, you can just uh, check out the Now Collectives website. Um, uh, tech guys, are, are we good to go? Okay, we're, we're good to go. Okay, so um, sorry for, for the slight delay. We'll just jump right into. Okay, okay, but I, I think we'll just crack on, anyways. Um, so the 
um, thinking behind this session, obviously it's titled The Art of Photography, um, I imagine uh, would be to really empower us, um, enlighten us, um, to be better photographers or just to learn a bit more about the photography uh, trade. What, what makes it um, different? What makes uh, Mr. Kalu's art uh, work stand out from your average uh, point and shoot uh, photographer? So, um, Mr. Kalu, nice, nice to meet you. Thank you for, for, for coming. Um, first, it'll be good if you can just learn a bit about you know, the man behind the work the man behind um, uh, your, your, your photography. Uh, interesting fact, so I, I didn't know um, uh, Mr. Kalu was into wedding photogra photography as well as well as uh, documentary photography. I thought he was a, solely a hardcore street photography man. So you, you also run a, a business, you also run a business called Oxano Photography. It's, it's a bit of a mouthful, but... Um, yeah, so, so you, actually, you, you actually run that. So can you just tell us a bit about yourself, like your background? Um, what made you want to go into photography in the first place? Um, okay. Um, I, okay, my name is Bernard Carlo, and um, I'm from Abia State. I'm Igbo. I studied computer engineering in uh, Enugu State University. I, I, I've always loved the art. I've always loved, fancied the idea of photography. But as I explained before, um, before now, we people never people never thought photographers were reasonable people. They just felt they are they no good guys, guys that are lazy to actually work or make something out of their life. So I liked for, for, I liked the art of photography, but the idea of being a photographer never stayed in my head. I it never came up in my mind. So it was until I, I finished school, and um, I grew up in Lagos, but went to school in the East. So when I came back to Lagos, that was when that idea just popped in my head that, you know, you could actually do photography. And um, while I was thinking about it, I, I, said, I went on Google and tried to see how many photographers we had in Nigeria. And it was fascinating because I, I, I saw names like T.Y. Bello. I saw names like um, Giorgio Shodi. I mean, people that were already at the top of their game, earning so much money. So that alone just made me feel like, okay, fine. They're good guys as well. They're guys actually making something out of their lives. And there was, there was this instance I used to have then that you have um, dry cleaning stores. Yeah, like there's this one they used to have in the East. They call them Nathan's, dry cleaners. And you have the um, Bola or the Ahmed guy on the street that, that does dry cleaning. But they do the same business, but... They don't expect the same earnings, you understand? So, your, you, you, what, you, what you make out of yourself or what you make out of your business depends on how you um, package yourself, you understand? So, that understanding that alone just made me feel like it didn't matter if there were photographers collecting 100 naira. I just knew I won't be that photographer collect, collecting 100 naira. So, that just made me feel, okay, let's do this. So, um, I said I did a lot of um, online learning. Google was my friend, YouTube. Many of, many of the photographers can understand what I'm saying. Many of us are, are self-trained, so we did a lot of online stuff until, um, until um, a few months down the line. There's this man, his name is Kele Akaniro. He's, um, he's a photographer, but he does other stuff, but he does photography as well. He organized um, a free 
workshop. The workshop was supposed to center on off-camera lighting. And it was free. And other workshops before then were always paid. And I mean, I didn't start making money from my photography. How, how will I afford such money? So when this one came up and it was free, I didn't give it a thought. I just went for it. And really, that workshop actually changed my life. It still boils down to what I said earlier. What I got from that workshop was beyond off-camera or camera technicalities. In fact, I don't even remember what he taught me about the whole off-camera thing. But for the fact that I was under him, I heard his experiences. I heard him share some things. That alone was, was a game-changer for me. So coming out of that um, workshop, I, I re-strategized. I put some plans into place, and things were just different. So I do weddings as well. My wedding page is Oxano Photography. People always say, how come you do, you, you do street photography, you do documentary, you do weddings as well? I tell them my approach to weddings is documentary, it's solely documentary, or better. Hello, can you hear me? OK, yeah. So my approach to weddings is solely documentary. So I'm, I'm not, yeah, beauty is all good. It's good to have that beautiful light on your face and all, but I believe what you, what you like about your days beyond the clothes you're wearing or the whole glitz and glamour, there are things that matter, will matter to you 20 years down the line. Maybe that little, your, what's it called, flower, flower girl or little bride or little groom, stuff like that, interactions like that, you would like to see these things in the future. So that's the approach I took. Now, the challenge with a lot of photographers, especially here in the country, is that people, people, people do, they have this mindset of follow the money. <laughs> Hashtag follow the money, meaning you only, you, you check, you survey the market, you just, you go for whatever you feel is paying. That's why a lot of people are shooting weddings. That's the honest reason why a lot of people are shooting weddings. Not because they actually love weddings, but because they feel week in, week out, people are getting married and it's easier to get a wedding gig than wait for the kind of photography I like doing. Maybe I like doing landscape, for instance. Who will I send my pictures to? It takes a lot. I don't even know how to go about it. So wedding is already... Is made, so let's just follow this money. But the truth is, you, you, can't beat, you can't beat other people at their own game. If you're not, if wedding is not your thing, if um, fashion is not your thing, you'll just, you'll just be a second best. You'll be an imitation of the original. So it's always better you find what you're really passionate about, what, what, where your strengths are. If you function from the point of your strength, it's always different. You always have the advantage. I don't know if I make sense. So you can't compete with the T.Y. Billow in portraits, for instance. And even if you try to compete, you can't, end what she, you can't make what she's making. Because you can't demand that kind of amount from someone. You can't tell somebody, oh, for instance, uh, uh, I do portrait, my portrait, my portrait fee is 500000 naira per hour. In fact, many of us, our mouths can't even carry that amount. Because you're not, you're not, it's not your place of strength. You've not developed yourself in that place. So that's it. Uh, thank you very much, Bernard. You, you said quite, quite a lot there. Um, <laughs> But um, just, just to pick on a, a few, few things you mentioned, um, you know, we're still talking about the man behind the, the work. So uh, I, I mentioned that you're into, or we both mentioned that you're into uh, wedding photography, uh, doc documentary photography, um, and street photography. So why, why these styles of, of, of photography? Why, why, why did you... Um, decide to go into these genres, if you like, of photography? Okay. Um, hello? Let me put this down again. Okay. So, can, we, can you hear me? 
Okay, so um, why street photography? You know, I, I was born in Lagos. I was born in Oshodi. And I, I grew up in Oshodi. I was in Oshodi till I was about four years or so, until we moved to another part of Lagos, another part like Oshodi. Now, a lot of people might not relate to the fact that I actually grew up in this place. So why, you asked why street photography? Street photography because I actually relate to these people. You understand? It's, it's, it's always good to function from your position, from your position of your truth. Shoot your truth. That's what I learned some time ago. I learned it from, I can't remember the photographer. When, when, you, when, you're, when you photograph something you, you care about, it's always different. You understand? So street photography for me, because the random man, the everyday man on the street or the everyday woman on the street, I, I kind of relate to their, their story. I know what it means to what it means to wake up in the morning and bring your tatashi and tomato and just put it in front of your house and try selling and slipping off and you know all those kind of life. I know I, I know what it means to to not have to not have um, to not have uh, what's it called money to eat and having to go and do conductor for a driver just so that you can earn some cash. So these things are not, they are not alien to me. I, I understand their plight. So it's easy for me to actually work with them, to communicate to them and take these images, take these pictures than just um, me looking for one, um, one model to go to do the whole makeover for and take her to a choice location and shoot. Yeah, it's good for those that do it, but it's not something I'm passionate about. I, I can relate with it. So the reason I, started, I, I focus on street photography is because I relate a lot with, with the life on the street. You understand? So because I relate to it, it's, you, 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 always be able to, you, always, you always can tell when someone is doing, someone, doing something rather he understands or relates with than when he's just doing something that is from the top of his head. So that's it. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Kalu. Um, so just staying really on this street uh, photography, and I suppose your, the other styles that you tend to um, shoot, um, there's, there's something, there's something uh, particular, particularly um, distinct about your style of photography, about the pictures you shoot. Um, it might be street photography, but there's so much behind his images. I don't know if any, any, any of us are familiar with uh, Bernard Carlos photos. It'll be nice if we can. Okay, I think we have some of them in the background. Um, oh, okay. I, I think um, we we have a video presentation that we want to just run through. Um, apologies for the abrupt uh, interruption. It should give us an idea of of his work. Sorry, can we start it again? Apologies for the... Um, technical issues.
So take note of the images in case we have any questions about them at the end of the session. Thank you very, very much. Um, 
so from from the applauses, I take it we're, we're all really um, awestruck with, with the work of Mr. Kalu. Um, so in light of the brief showcase of your work, um, just going back to my question, what what would you say makes makes your style of photography different, like stand out, like what, what informs the, the, the way you capture your images, the way you do, what, what, what stories are you, what, what's the story you're trying to tell? What, what goes through your head when, when, when you're capturing these fantastic, amazing shots? Yeah, um, first of all, I'll say uh, my, uh, what goes into my, what goes, around my my head or what goes in my what goes on in my mind is has to do with um, hope I always want to no matter how gory situation is or no matter how terrible the image in front of me is I always want to, want to take the perspective of hope I want, to, I want to take that picture in a way that when someone sees it or when the person in the picture sees it things things are not necessarily as bad as it is as the person words at that particular time. So hope is always what goes on in my head. But technical wise, we know um, for every for every photo, what, 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 every, what every great image entails is um, quality, good use of light, composition, and moment. So at every point, point in time, I'm always it's something that just it's, it's, it doesn't take time. I'm always looking, oh, is the light good? Is my composition on point? And the moment I have to lock the moment because it's beyond, um, it's beyond just taking beautiful pictures. The moment is what tells that story. You understand? So if the light, light is always there, natural light, thank God for the, for the sun. Composition is something that matters a lot to me because composition in my own understanding is a sense of sight. How, how strong you are able to make people see a scenery. It's, it's strength of sight. That's what composition is to me. Beyond the whole, there are lots of it. You know, this rule of thought, this reflection, this, this. But in the general sense of it, composition is strength of sight. That's what differentiates one photographer from the other person. Because we can all see the same thing, the same action in, right before us, but we'll take different approach to it. Now, that, the way you're able to frame that scene is what composition is. And most times, how you compose an image... Any image is what is what it, that's what determines how the viewer interprets the action. So it's not just about taking the image. Composition is actually very very key for me. Then, but the most important of all is the moment, because as professionals, sometimes we get carried away with understanding light and composition, and we just want to be strutting our skills and showing that we can we can um, we can compose images. We can, but without without moments, and so you just have a very beautiful. Blah, beautiful nonsense. Because there's no, there's no moment. There, there's nothing calling out to, to the viewer. So it's just a lot, of, a lot, of, a lot of times viewers don't might not even understand this the whole composition thing or light you're doing. They just, they are just all about that moment. It's just fellow photographers that might be hailing you and tell you, oh, nice job, man, awesome. They'll be liking your stuff and telling you, dope thing. But what the viewer, what the ordinary person is attracted to is that moment. So your work is to, is, is, is to use the light and the composition to direct attention to the moment. 
So you see how fruitful it is to just have fruitful it is to just have composition and light without the moment. The moment is actually very key. So no matter what you're doing, no matter the stunt you want to play, make sure you don't lose the moment. The idea, the reason for learning the composition and how lights work is so that you can tell the story through the moment. Moment is everything. Moment is, you know how uh, the good book says, there is love, there is hope, there is faith. The greatest is love. In photography, there is light, there is composition, there is moment. The greatest is moment. <laughs> so that's it. Very good, sir. Very good, sir. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So... Brilliant answer. So light, composition, and moment. And the greatest of these three is, is moment. <clears throat> so just building up upon that in terms of what um, informs your style of photography, um, what, what would you say is your biggest inspiration? Is there something you know, within that inspires you to take shots the way you do? Um, and then by extension, uh, who would you say your biggest influencers from a photography standpoint? Um, first and foremost, my biggest and surest inspiration is the Holy Spirit. I'm a Christian. So um, when it comes to photographers, there are a lot of photographers I admire. Photographers that have awesome, as in they create steadily, they're consistently creating awesome image, images. They are, yeah, you know, there's something, what I admire in people is their consistency. The, it, 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 it's easy to actually, after lots of tries, to get one very mad shot. But to always consistently produce awesome images is, is another level. So the idea is not to, not to uh, what's it called? There's, there's this, there's a way this guy says, he says, um, it's not just about getting it right. It's about not getting it wrong. Does it make sense? The reason why we practice is not so that we can get it right once. It's so that we, can, we won't get it wrong at any time. So these photographers, Shergun Lotu is one of them. Shergun, Shergun is an amazing, is, is an amazing documentary photographer. You know, and it's so interesting that somehow, somehow our, our stories kind of align because he started shooting streets before he started doing weddings. Then you have um, this Kananyu Adibe. He's um, in the US. There's another amazing photographer that I really, really, really admire. Then you have the Christman guys, Christmas Studios, where you have um, Ben Christman, Erin Christman. Do we know how many photographers are in the house? Not just people that love photography. Okay. So there's Ben Christman, there's Erin the Christman, there's um, Mauricio. Mauricio is the magician. Uh, he's an amazing person. So these are a few of the people that always, their kind of work, work inspires me. And it's always important as photographers, you... You, you, you look at, always look at the kind of images you want to create. You know, because we are in this, this social media era, so, someone, someone likes your picture and tells, and maybe they tell you, follow back. Can you follow back? So they just, they just want to black, emotionally blackmail you into following them, whether or not you like their images. But it's important what you feed your eyes on as photographers. It's because images you see, they nourish your mind. So you don't want a situation where you open your timeline, you're just seeing, you're just seeing images that don't inspire you. So don't succumb to the emotional blackmail. If their work is something you want to see on your timeline, follow. If not, do not follow. It doesn't mean you hate them or you're, you're their enemy. They can still, these guys can still approach you and, tell, and ask you, oh, what, what, what can I do better? Fine, you can assist, but not, don't, be, um, don't follow out of compulsion. Follow because there's something inspiring in the feed, because what you see matters as photographers. Follow photographers that create the kind of Im images you want to shoot. Does it make sense? 
it's so it's, it's so rampant. They just follow you, and already they're telling you, can you follow back? And the easiest black man is boss, boss, boss. You ask them, we can our boss? Is it down for a molewe? It's, it's too much. Come on. <laughs> It's very good, Bernard. Very good. Um, <laughs> sorry. Okay. Okay. Um, th thank you very much for, for for that answer. So now, really focusing on the art of, of photography, um, I know we've touched on on what informs your style and uh, what inspires you, who inspires you, um, but just really to, to to speak on the subject matter, the the art of photography. What 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 does the art of photography mean to you? Photography as an, as an art form. Um, I think to me in the simplest of terms, the art of, photo the art of photography is what distinguishes um, um, the regular photo from the professional photo. I think why you should be called a professional photographer is the fact that you your images have a certain level of art in it. Because no thanks to the um, use of smartphones and cameras, anybody can, can, can take a picture now. It's the easiest thing to do is to take a picture. Is it like a selfie or anything? But why you, should be, why you should be seen as a professional is the fact that you don't just take pictures, you create images. Doesn't make sense. So the art of photography is what stands out the ordinary from the actual or extraordinary photographer. And there are a lot of things that come into play when you talk about the art of photography. It's, it's, um, it's, not, um, it's not something that, even, even the best of the best of photographers that you admire today, they're still, they still working on themselves. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a process. It's not um, a 100 meter dash. Because it, the, the major challenge with our generation is we are, we, are, we are these microwave people. Microwave food, fast food, this. So we just, everything should just happen at the snap of the finger. But it's not like that. Time is key. It's, 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 it's a message I always like to preach. And one very sweet um, quote about it is, they said, no matter how strong a man is, whether it's a Kogan or Rambo or, or Commando, when he sleeps with a woman, this, this, uh, the sperm or the seed in the woman still takes nine months to become a baby. Because it's Rambo, the, seed won't, the sperm won't take two months. So if a, if a weak man sleeps with a woman nine months, a strong man sleeps with nine months. So that time is key. And you know what happens when you give birth to a baby before the time. So you don't, you don't want to be... You don't want to be um, you don't, be, you, don't, you don't want to be a half-baked artist. You don't want to be a half-baked photographer. Give yourself to learning. Give yourself, allow time have its process. Allow time have its way. You understand? And I don't mean just have, chilling in your sofa and saying, oh, time will have its way. I mean, put in the work. It's the, number, it's the amount of work you put in. It's your effort that determines the amount of time you use. The guy that is putting in um, seven days of, of work into his photography and the guy that is putting in maybe one day in a week. You don't expect that they will attain professionalism or attain expertise at the same, at the same time. Does it work like that? No. So the effort will determine the time. So when you talk art, art, art is, art is, art is infinite. You can't, you can't, it's not um, unlike um, the whole science and mathematics. There's a science of art, but art itself is infinite. It's infinite. It's infinite. It's not something that you can say um, two plus two equals to four. It's, it's, 
It has to do with your personal interpretation. But there are laws of this thing. You, you need to, first of all, certify the laws before you now come and start telling us this is my personal interpretation. Because <laughs> it happens a lot. A photographer just takes rubbish and tells you, oh, that it's my, it's, ah, I say this art. That's trash. You understand? So before you can start telling us your, it's your art, we should be sure that you already know the laws and you've, you've scaled past those laws. You understand? So already I mentioned the key things to creating images. But one of the things that can actually influence your photography, one of the things that can actually bring out the art in your photography is composition. Composition is, is, is one of the easiest ways to, to stand yourself out as an artist, as a photographer. Because it's, it's, the way to, it's one way to show people that really we don't all see the same way. This, this is how I see. When you see, um, um, for instance, when you see Mauricio's work, for instance, uh, Mauricio is a photographer in Christmas, is one of the team members in Christmas Studio. Now, when you see Mauricio's work, for instance, Mauricio's work, you, you, he might just take a photo of you in this place. But when you see that image, you're, you're, you're just stunned. You're like, how did you do it? That how, most times, can, is achieved through composition. He has trained his eyes. Remember I said composition is strength of sight, strength of seeing. He has trained his eyes to see in a certain way that makes people now call him and say, oh, this guy is um, James Bond or he's the Terminator of photography. So composition, understanding composition and practicing composition is one way to actually distinguish yourself as a true artist or photographer today. That's it. Very good, sir. Thank you, thank you for that um, answer. And it, I suppose it kind of answers what would have been my next question in terms of uh, what role does skill have to play in, in the art of photography? Um, skill versus raw talent, if, if you like. I don't know if you can just briefly speak to that. Um, one of the over, overused, overused excuses overused word in our time is talent. A lot of people just, maybe you do something and they just tell you are talented, you just get carried away and just feel, oh, I'm talented, I'm talented, I'm talented. I mean, let me tell you, the truth is everybody on earth is talented. Talent is not, um, is not um, a privilege that some people have over others. Talent is something that is equally shared to every human being on earth. Every human being on earth has talent. They might not be talented in the same field, but they have talent in a certain field. It's just for them to find it. Now, for the fact that you found that your talent, your, 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 your sight is amazing, your mind works wonders, and you, you feel you're talented in photography, doesn't automatically mean you will be, you'll be, you'll be the best at it. Skill is, is, a, is a higher calling than talent. Skill is talent, um, processed talent. Doesn't make sense. So everybody, every photographer needs to train himself. Now, the tango for this age, this is the best time to be alive because almost anything, almost any information can be, can be gotten online. I mean, there are people that do surgeries. And I have friends then that used to be very silly people, very barbaric thing they do. They just get this lizard and open a YouTube video on, as in how you can do this whole operation and kind of, am I making sense? do this operation, you know how they do operation, doctors operate patients. They'll just open the video and be using the lizard as, um, <laughs> as uh, what's the word now? I'm looking for the word, a specimen. <laughs> you understand? Because the information is online, and most times they're successful, they tear, do everything, and sew, sew it back, and the lizard leaves. And these guys, they don't have 
jack training in medicine. Why? The information is online. So the same thing, a lot of, the, the lot of photography materials online, you have videos, you have books, you have but there's always there's also the part of the, the part mentorship has to play. Mentorship is having a mentor, having direct, you, you having sometimes having direct access to the person, or even if it's not direct, you feeding off the person's work. You allowing the person to inspire you. It's so key. And also there's the part of attending workshops. It's something we Nigerians, especially Nigerians, especially Nigerians, <laughs> it's something we're not used to. And the fact that you're not used to something doesn't mean it doesn't work. Just for you, you're, you're just the one shortchanging yourself. You're the one suffering it. So we should have the culture. See, by the truth, is, is, that's what the Bible even says. So if there's something someone has to offer you, and you know this thing will change your life, why not pay for it? I mean, the, no matter how much a workshop is, um, no matter the price I expect on a workshop or, or a conference, it's never equal to what you will gain out of it. That's conferences that I will attend. Before I attend the conference, I weigh people that are coming for the conference. I check their work. Is it, do these people create the kind of work I want, I, I, I admire? Do they create the kind of work I want to create? If yes, why not attend it? I don't just... I don't just hear the word workshop and just run and go and pay money. Nobody has money to waste. So always weigh your options, but make sure you, at least every year, have a certain budget for self-improvement. Say, oh, this year I'm using so and so amount of money to attend workshops. There are people that even, okay, for instance, now, um, that's Mr. Shergon Lotu. He was telling me, he was giving me um, a gist of how, how, how much he spent in a year attending workshops. He attended like, I think, three or five workshops that year, and he spent over 20 no, what's it called? $12,000. We know what $12,000 is. Not $1,000. $12,000. Someone spent on just hearing what other people <laughs> would tell him. Just hearing what other, what other people have to say about his art. But it was what it was so well. I mean, now, when you come to him and tell him you, you have a job, or you want him to do your job, rather, you have um, um, something for him to do, when he, when he gives you his prize, he's confident about it because he knows he's a seasoned photographer. And people that pay, pay for his service, they know oh, this guy can deliver. No matter how much Google and how much online stuff you do, there are things you might not, you might not be able to grasp, except you have a one-on-one -on -one contact with these people. So this, the room or the emphasis on um, skill is so important. It's, it's, it's priceless. Give, make out money, make out, cover money. It's not make out money. If everybody can make out the money, it's easy. But cover money. We know you have... Everybody, I have needs as well, but this thing is, you're, you're thinking tomorrow, you're thinking future. You don't want to remain at the same level. You don't want to be, because your friends are hailing you, bado, bado, bado. See, time is, time is, time is fleeting. You, before you know, the whole, the bado they are hailing you, tomorrow nobody's even looking at your side. Because everybody's always looking for the next big thing, the next best thing. So you don't want to be still, you don't want to be left, you don't want to be um, left hanging. You want, you want to get better, so... It should, be, it should be a culture we imbibe to always improve on ourselves. Pay for workshops, study, do stuff online, and improve yourself. There's, there's, there's no other way to say it. That's it. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Bernard, for, for that um, very insightful answer. Uh, just, just really um, perhaps reemphasizing, you know, he touched on the need to develop ourselves, skill, skill, skill. And whether it's a workshop, whether it's... Um, uh, having a, a mentor of, of sorts, 
uh, just again using his example of Shegun Olotu. First time I met Shegun was at a friend's uh, birthday dinner. And I think that was 2012 or 2011. And he told me how he, that year alone, he had spent 14,000 pounds just buying cameras. Just, that's just on kit. Talk less of, you know, um, attending training seminars and, and whatnot. So I, I, I suppose when you invest so much in, in your skill in this particular trade, you're then able to command uh, because you developed yourself to such a level that your work is it speaks for itself. You're then able to command the, the kind of sums um, that some of our more established photographers uh, can command, asking for, I don't know how much you guys ask, but maybe like 500,000. I think that's small for some guys. Please don't, please don't be offended. Um, you, you know, so I, I think you know, it's, it's worth noting the, the statement he made. But just to put it in perspective or to add balance. Now, you haven't always been a, how do you say, a big dollar commanding photographer. So for, for those of us that are still even just thinking about, okay, can I even pursue photography as a side hustle or as a full-time profession? Um, how, how did you go, how did you transition from, oh, I really want to do photography to, okay, now I'm Bernard Kalu, I'm Axano Photography, I'm Keibani, sorry. <laughs> but, but, but you understand. Uh, so if you could just share with us how you made that transition. Um, I did mentioned the um, process, time. Okay, I, I, um, first of all, I, I told you, I already mentioned to you earlier on how I was I, my first gears were actually gifts. My first camera was a gift. My second camera was a gift. <laughs> the first one was a point and shoot, and I shot a wedding with a point and shoot, but not in Lagos. Nobody would give that kind of thing in Lagos. <laughs> I was still in school then, so I was just a friend. I was helping out then. The second was um, on Olymp an Olympus model. Then it was from the third one. I I had to get money to buy. Now. Um, Transitioning is something that it's it's not something that no nobody would tell you when you feel it's time to step up your game. It's there's something about growth. Growth is not growth is not usually it's not it shouldn't be from outside. Real organic growth is from the inside. You understand? So there there people other people might tell you oh after you've done six months as an amateur you should it it doesn't work for everybody like that. It's not a global issue. It's not everybody's one medicine for everybody. People, people, um, people, people's people lives are, their lives are different. So, but the normal way is this: after, if now you you don't know anything about photography, but you like the idea of photography and you want to start photography, first of all, start studying materials on photography. Try to meet people that are photographers. You might have you might already have a day job. Cool, but on the side, meet people, ask them, oh, uh, oh, ask them questions like, how do you do this? How do you do that? Oh, when do you have, when is your next gig? Can I, can I tag along? Stuff like that. So when you now have an idea of how to shoot, the next level is maybe probably get a camera. Then, and when it comes to getting a camera, are, don't, be, don't be among the people that are caught up in this gas thing, gear acquisition syndrome. If it's not the 
James Bond or D Commando, they are not buying. Or if it's not Canon 5D guns or Mac, they are not buying. Don't be, don't be caught in that web. Really, it's not the camera that creates these images. It's, cameras don't create awesome images. It's people that create awesome images. Like, like in war. If you give a samurai a, a gun like AK-47, he, he doesn't know what to do with it. He will, be, he will be killed. But just give him a sword, and you'll be amazed what he will do with the sword. Why? Because he understands the sword. So what actually works is you understanding whatever gear that you have. A lot of photographers don't really, they, they, don't, even, they don't use their gear to, they don't, they don't exhaust their gear before they're already carried away by the next, by what their colleague has. It's not by what your colleague has. Your colleague might have 90, if he likes. <laughs> but if you understand, if you understand how to create images better than him, your images will always surpass his own. And the truth is this, when, you, when everybody comes to the market, nobody will ask you what camera, what camera are you using. They're just concerned about how awesome your images are. So don't be caught up in that web. Get a camera, just ask questions. Oh, what is the least I can afford? Can this camera actually serve me? If yes, get it. Then the next process is second shoot for others. Uh, what's it called? There's a word for it. Um, collaborate, collaboration. Collaborate with others. If, even, it doesn't have to be weddings, even if it's a documentary, documentary photographer. Documentary photographers, they go on assignments. They have assignments from time, time to time. You could just say, oh, when, when next are you going on assignment? I can tag along. You might even tell them, oh, don't, don't worry about payment. Don't worry about getting paid. Stop, just so that you have this experience. Because their experience is priceless. You know, a lot of people just get carried away by, oh, how much are you paying me? How much are you paying me? How much are you paying me? See, imagine someone calling you to work for him, and the person is more like he's a good person. He knows what he's doing. He calls you to work for him, and he tells you, I'll pay you so and so amount. And you do the work for him, and, and you don't do a good job, and he pays you, and he just deletes your number. Would that work better for you than the scenario where you, you offer yourself to work and your images don't, don't perform as it should? Then he calls you back and tells you, hey, dude, you could have done this better. You could have done that better. That relationship is there. Then you just getting money for a time you will never get with him. You understand? So put things into perspective. So you collaborate with other photographers and ask questions. Then you could maybe go for workshops. Work, going for workshops, what, what it does to you is, what it did for me actually is making me understand that I'm not wasting my time. Because there's something about hearing success stories. When you hear success stories, it makes you, just like hearing testimony in church. <laughs> When God someone says, praise the Lord, God did this for me. Now, your faith cannot work because you hear that God did something for somebody. The same thing with this whole thing. When you go for a workshop, you see successful photographers. It now makes you feel like, oh, if this guy did it, if this guy could accomplish this, come on. He doesn't have two heads. So it makes your, your resolve stronger to be whatever you want to be. So that's how it works. So, but all this thing doesn't take, it's not a snap of the finger thing. It takes time. There's a process. Allow the process have its place. Don't don't um, don't be half big. Don't be microwave about your life. <laughs> Let process take its place. Yeah. Thank you very much, Bernard. Um, just um, briefly, uh, would you say you're more of a pocket photographer or profit or um, passion. or passion? Is is it is it? Do you do you tend to look at ah, what's the monetary gain or and in, in, in also delivering the, the kind of content that you do, or do you, or, or do you say no? I have to stick stick to my 
uh, my passion. Please. Um, after talent, passion is another overused word in this our generation. A lot of people do a lot of things and say it's their passion. But it doesn't mean that passion, there's, there's, there's no true passion. Everybody has a passion. Now, there's a part passion has to play in, in photography. But it's, wisdom is profitable to direct. You, it's always good you have, there's a balance of passion and profit. Does it make sense? See, if, when, when you're just starting off, first of all, your, your, your ratio might be, oh, I'm trying to please the client 90%. I'm shooting for myself, my passion, I'm doing my passion 10%. But with time, you could change that ratio. It could now be 60, 40. Then you could now, you can, you can now become the superstar that you're shooting for yourself 90% and just giving your client 10%. Why? How does it get there? Already you've, you've built your brand to the, to the point where photographers don't want you, for, um, not photographers, clients rather, don't want you for the kind of pictures they, they see on Bella and Andrea. They want you for the kind of pictures that you create. That's, that's the goal. That's the, um, that's the prime of, that's where to look forward to as photographers. Where the kind of work you create is the kind of work you are commissioned to create. Nobody calls you and tells you, and you see that T.Y. Bellows picture. Can you do something like that for me? I know it annoys a lot of creatives, but you don't just get there in a dash. Because if you just say, oh, you just come out and say, oh, just my passion, I'm not doing any work outside my passion at the earlier, earlier stage, you, you'll get, you'll get, you'll get fucked out. You, you, you'll get exhausted. I mean, you need to be alive to pursue your passion. Does it make sense? So if you're not getting money, how does this passion actually work? You will die before the passion actually starts bringing fruit. You understand? So... On the, at the, on, the, um, on the onset, at the earlier stage, fine, you could do, just do works to complement, to just raise that cash. But always put a time frame to it. Because if some people get carried away with that stuff and just keep doing work and saying, oh, man, it's just what we pay, it's just what we pay. They are doing it two years, it's just what we pay, it's just what we pay, three years. Before you know, nobody just knows them. You just know them as that photo, commercial photographer they can get. But it gets to a point, maybe at the, after the first year or the second year, you, where you feel like you've defined your style enough, you can now say, oh, this is the kind of photography I want to do. When someone contacts you for this kind, you tell, oh, sorry, I'm not the right person. You don't just tell the person I'm not the right person. You refer them to the person that is the right person. That thing always work, works wonders. Because when you refer somebody to another photographer, when that photographer gets your kind of client as well, they refer them to you. So that way, everybody has their own kind of client. I mean, in Lagos, we are over... 10 million people. In Nigeria, we're over 180 million people. So people have, people will definitely have different tastes. So you, you, you want to be sure, you want, you, you want a situation where you are servicing your own kind of clients, not just servicing everybody just so that you raise money. Because when you start servicing everybody and you're not doing what you're passionate about, you, you get exhausted. This whole thing, the idea of even not working and doing what you're passionate about, you, it loses meaning because you could, have, you could as well just go work in your Chevron or go work in your... Um, slum budget and just get your money, slum burger and just get your money and not care about, you understand? So the idea that you're doing your passion is the fact that you're doing something you, you, you care about and creating work that works, that works with your ideology. Does it make sense? But all this thing has to, it's, it's, it's a time thing, but it gets to a point in time where you need to stick your ground and say, see, this is the kind of work I'm doing. And another thing to do is, when you're posting pictures, 
Post the kind of pictures you want to be known for. Post the kind of pictures you want people to contact you to create. Post the kind of pictures you, 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 you want your brand to, to be known for. Don't just post pictures that, that, that will get clients to call you. Because when you post a picture that, like, when you post the, sorry to say, the Bella Niger kind of picture, and you get Bella Niger kind of clients, you now start complaining. Come on, it doesn't work that way. But if you're all about creativity, you're, you're all about awesome, post creative stuff. When someone gets you, when someone contacts you, tell them, oh, hope you've gone through my page. This is kind of work I create. So they know what to expect. So if they have uh, exceptions like, oh, but you should, well, can you still help us take, then you understand there's a bargain between you two. It's not just that they're calling you to come and create the same kind of work anybody can create. So that's, that's the way to go about it. It's, it's a balance. It's, and it's, it can be tricky at times, but it's a balance. Thank you very much, Bernard. So um, hopefully we can just go a bit technical now. So in, in terms of you, I mean, you, you look after three, perhaps, genres of photography. Um, wedding photography, street photography, and your documentary photography. Can you just talk us through some of the kit you use for the different styles of um, photography? Um, you also have your portrait photography as well. So if you can just talk us through your kit, um, your initial kit and the kit you use now. Um, I already mentioned that I... Are we bored? Just, is this very... <laughs> The look on our faces. Okay. Um, I already mentioned that how I started with um, a point-and-shoot Canon. Very small, portable point-and-shoot Canon. Then I got, um, someone gave me, rather, one of my aunties. Actually, my auntie gave me the Canon. Then my uncle gave me an Olympus. Then eventually, I put money together to get a Nikon D7000. And that was, my that was the camera I started with. And it's, I still have the camera in my camera bag now. It's... As for street photography, I used my mirrorless camera. The, uh, I started with, a, with an XE1, Fujifilm XE1, um, before I, I got XT1. Already I mentioned it's usually not about the camera, because why, most times why I don't like getting myself um, mixed up in this whole what gear do you use, what gear don't you use, is because people always hear what they want to hear. When you just start talking about gear, when you just mention the very gear like that. They just save it in their head and they're looking for that gear. That's the gear that made this, that is making these guys work, James Bond or Commando. But it doesn't work like that. If you know what the XE1 is, XE1 Fujifilm is their entry-level mirrorless. It's actually, it's very small. It's not, um, it's not a big camera per se. But over 60% over over or 70% of the images that showed on this slide were shot with that camera. You, most times what you just need is a camera that can shoot raw. Now, I'm not underplaying the need to get bigger cameras, to get full-frame cameras. It's actually very necessary because the reason why, why it's important you, you, you upgrade eventually to a full-frame is so that because of their file sizes, most times the file size of, um, of a full-frame camera is different, for, is different from that of a crop sensor. These are technical details for, for photographers you get to understand eventually. So if um, you, you're editing, you're editing a, a full-frame file, it responds better to edit, and when you have to crop, you don't lose, you don't lose any resolution. It's still tax, tax sharp, unlike when you do that the same kind of edit on a crop sensor. So that's a major, to me, that's a key difference in both gears. So I use um, an XT1 for my streets. I use it because it's, it's a mirrorless. It's small. 
So because I get to, I, I I get to enter into people's space every now and then, it's always good. I, I don't I don't carry something that looks like a weapon to attack them. Imagine if I'm carrying a, a bigger DSLR. Already they just feel like, oh, this guy, oh, show running, show show send, you know, stuff like that. This guy, are you sure they didn't send him? And people are afraid of government these days. You carry a camera to a location, maybe where a market a market is. They're already thinking maybe the market they want to destroy this market next week. So. Just to avoid all those unnecessary things. <laughs> I have a mirrorless camera. So already you, you see my smile before you see my camera. Because my smile is always bigger than my camera. You understand? Because you, I need to connect with them first before I'm bringing out camera. So that's it. Then for my wedding um, gig, I use my D7000. My XT1 works as well for my second camera for weddings. But I recently got gifted um, a D3. It's a full frame. Nikon camera, so that now is my wedding camera, then this 7000, then the XT1. So really it's not about the camera, it's about the man behind the camera. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Bernard. Um, I mean, one, one thing that's, that stood out to me is how he tends to get gifted all these really cool cameras. So please, can you tell us how we can have, have friends and family like you that give us expensive camera kits <laughs> so we can progress? Um, <laughs> that's, okay, so, so that's, that's, that's a very good um, answer. Now, um, you mentioned the, the bodies. I, I know you, you don't like talking about the kid, but I think you know, ju just, just to assist some of us in, as to the kind of gear we should be looking for. So now, for, for the different genres, what lenses do you tend to, to that when you're going, you must carry these, these lenses with you for your street, for your... Uh, photography and for your portrait. Um, okay, for my street, I have a fixed 18mm on the camera. It's a, the camera is a crop sensor, so 18mm, when you do the math, is like 27mm, so it's quite wide. I use that because um, I'm more, even if I'm taking a portrait of someone, I, I'm more about this environmental kind of portrait. I want the surroundings to show. I'm not just all about the face and the features of the person's face. You understand? I'm more about a story person. So the, um, the width of the camera or, or the, um, the frame of the camera avails me the opportunity to get more elements into my frame. Okay, there was a picture that showed here of a man that has had a bag on his head, then kids were by his side. Now, that that, that's Ikeja Long. Now, the, the truth is this. When I took that image, what, what I wanted to take was that man's um, head. Man's, the, the bag now seemed like his head. And there was this sunset behind him, so... I, I already imagined in my head that the whole light behind him was going to create this kind of feel. and So that's what I aimed to shoot. But I now shot the picture, now went home, now realized that, oh, there were these kids by the side looking, like, looking at something else and like they were, in, they were amazed about something. So it, it added, more, more, um, added more strength to that picture. You understand? If I had one um, very narrow, straightforward lens, I'll get what I, I want, but I'll miss out on that extra. So it's always good you have something wide enough to get in more um, elements into your frame because the, st the, story, the street is always posing, man. You understand? So that's it. Then for the, uh, my weddings, I use the 35mm. 35mm um, because it avails, avails me to that opportunity to get more um, things into my frame. And the, um, the depth of field helps as well. It's... it's even, even though I'm not all about the depth of field kind of person, but there are times when you need to... You have, have a, proper depth of field. So I have a 50mm 50, 50 lens as well. I use that for 
portraits usually because all these people that tell you I just want my face, I want so that that works for them. But usually I'm a wide kind of person. I always like to have room. So I'm either using an 18mm, 18mm or a 35mm. Yeah. So, but usually with, with all this technical stuff, you know, there are times photographers will see your picture and ask you, "What ISO did you shoot this picture? What aperture did you shoot this picture?" <laughs> the truth about those questions is, if I even tell you the aperture I shot that, shot that picture, or the ISO I shot it, when you are in the same scenario, when if you try those um, parameters I gave you, they might not work. So it's always best to ask the photographer, what, was, what were you thinking when you shot that picture, than just asking for um, parameter, um, for, what do you call it? For comments, for, on the comments or exposure triangle, what aperture, what um, ISO. Because I know, as someone that is learning the, the art, it's, it looks like a reasonable question to ask. But what you should be asking is, oh, show me how my camera works. You, read, you yourself read your manual, learn how your camera works. So when you learn all these things, you know, you're more about capturing images that tell stories than just asking people what ISO. You will ask that question for a long time if you keep asking it. Because I tell you my ISO is 400. I tell you my, my aperture is um, 4.0. I tell you my speed is 1 over 2,000. You put that in your camera. You now point it at something. Everywhere is dark. And you're, you're like, ah, boy, it works for him now. Cameras function different. Even though the um, parameters might should work the same, but their cam camera bodies can be funny at times. And the light in this, um, this scene might be different. So you don't want a situation where you're not telling, oh, maybe that guy is lying to me. He told me a different thing so that I will feel it. It's not an exam. Study, <laughs> study your manual. Learn this thing so that you can do it, not just get um, stuff. Um, thank you very much, Bernard. I, I think what would be good, if it's possible, is if we can just go through some of your images and you can talk us through your thought process, how you compose those images, any tips? Um, I don't know, how, how are we doing for time? Is, is it possible? Okay, oh, 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 let me do. Okay, that's fine, okay. Whilst we're waiting for it to come up, um, if, okay, should we? Okay, whilst we wait for it to come up, if Bernard uh, would be <clears throat> as kind just to talk us through, um, generally speaking, your thought process for shooting street and your thought process for shooting um, wedding photography and then portraits. I mean, with street photography, I don't know if anyone has been in similar shoes where you're trying to capture people candid. Uh, some people are already eyeing you say, bros, bros, <laughs> what's in the happen here, you know? And you know, you heard stories of photographers being chased or even being lynched by people. So, <laughs> so before you start talking us through, uh, can you just give us tips and then tell us what goes through your head when um, setting up your composition and shots for street, wedding, and portrait? Um, usually, uh, the, it's the same thought process, especially for street and weddings. Portraits, I, I do portraits, but it's not something I, 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 I consider myself, I, I won't consider myself a portrait photographer. Even though weddings, you have portraits in wedding streets, you do a lot of portraits during streets. But there are those that I feel are more, should, should call themselves portraitists. That's what they call themselves. So, um, this whole process is simple. Sometimes, um, 
I'm all about the, uh, the, the lines. Usually, uh, it's just composition for me. Usually, it's composition that causes me most of the times. It's either this, this, it, might, it might be this texture or this line there or this reflection or something fascinating. There are times when, okay, I might be walking on the street. I see a beautiful wall. I'll just wait there for someone to walk into the frame, walk into that very space. I, so that way, if um, I'm on the street, for instance, and I see maybe lights falling in somewhere, very beautiful. There's, there's a picture like that where there was light coming from the bridge. One man was pushing, um, pushing uh, what's it called, barrel. Now, I saw that light before I saw anybody in that frame. So I was with it. I don't know if you see it. For me, I was, we were taking a walk together. I saw it. I was like, man, this light is too beautiful for me to just leave. And I stood there. I waited. I just felt someone was going to walk into the frame. And usually, the wait we're talking about is, not, is usually not beyond three minutes or five minutes. As I said, I was going to wait. Immediately, the man was just coming. And as soon as he walked into the frame, I shot. So that way now, nobody will come to, come to you and tell you, oh, you're taking my picture. You were there before the person came. <laughs> I don't know if it makes sense. So most of these pictures are, uh, you, you, that's why it's, it's good for your mind to walk before your body. Your mind should arrive before your body follows. The issue with a lot of photographers, even when you go on photo walk with photographers, they're, they're just waiting. When, when you try to take a picture, everybody's encroaching that same spot. Yeah, that's the picture. Everybody's just trying to take the same picture. Or, or you're, you're just having the truth. Photographers are just jumping up and down. But most times, they're, just, they're, they're hoping that when they take the picture, it will be, it will be something worthwhile. But the, the goal is to actually see this thing in your mind first and have that frame already in your mind, then tr move to accomplish it. So that way, you, you, you even avoid, you, you, you won't look suspicious, first of all. You won't be somebody that's just pointing cameras around people you're, because you're, you, you know what you're looking for. Then another thing is there are times when you actually need to take a picture. Like, there are times, I, there's this time I saw this Aguero, as they call them. <clears throat> the guy had this amazing look. It's facial features. He had this dread. He had um, this uh, earring. Then he had tattoo. It was just too much to pass and not snap. <laughs> not shoot. So the normal thing is you expect that you expect these guys are not going to ah trouble. But I always tell people. I said Nigerians are not mad people, even though they are mad people in Nigeria. Everybody is not mad. People, Nigerians are generally very very good people. It's just that we go through a lot and we tend to always look for who to vent on. That's the issue with Nigerians. But Nigerians naturally are very nice people. So I just went to the guy. I was like, ah, bros, how far? He was like, because I'm smiling, he's not, he doesn't think I'm trying to. I mean, he's an Agbero. I can't come and obtain an Agbero guy. <laughs> so he's not trying to. He's not, he didn't go on the defensive. He just said, ah, how far? What's up? I said, man, this is your hair. You know, just communicate with them. There's something about talking with people. Especially because a lot of the times we are so stuck on our phones and we're looking at things, just going through feeds and our head is down. We're ready to so always make out time to actually talk to people. It, it's, it's good. It's therapy. <laughs> so that's what this street has done for me a lot of the time. So I went to him. I just told him, ah, Afro, man, I love this your hair. I was like, people don't get compliments every day. So he was like, ah, really? Ah, maybe since he did the hair, nobody told him he liked it. And he was like, yeah, thank you. I was like, I feel, I feel snap you. So he, at first he was like, ah, what do you want to use my picture? I said, not, I just like them. I, I did take pictures around. Now, which I, do, I just did pictures. Before we... We had that discussion before three minutes. He was already posing. I was done. He was like, you don't snap me. You don't no one snap here. Before you know, they're the ones modeling for you, taking you to where they feel is dope. They're even asking, oh, you, oh, Nero, oh, Nero, Remini, stuff like that. They are, it's amazing. Nigerians are really beautiful people. It's just 
We ourselves, we need to know what we want. An approach is key. Don't, don't, they don't owe you their picture. I mean, it's their image. You, you shouldn't feel like they should just pose because you carry a camera. And, and if you're a good person, it helps as well. Good people generally make good photographers. So approach them, be meek, be nice, smile. Your smile should be bigger than your camera if possible. And you have your way. It's not, it's not rocket science. Sorry. So, um, t guys on the slideshow, if you can just uh, take it one photo at a time, um, maybe we'll just look at two or three uh, before we now uh, round up and take questions from the audience as we're pressed for time. Okay, so um, do you want to talk about this one? Okay. I was actually on my way um, to, to what's this place? And Chris, where's that place? To, um, it was in Lagos, in Delta State. We were going for a wedding. So we are in the car going to the, com the community for the wedding. And I just looked out of, out of, my, um, out of the car and saw this, the bike carrying the whole load. And it fascinated me. I, was, I didn't even see that woman initially. But it was when I, I took the picture. And then I took the picture, I just sighted the woman's bicycle. I was like, oh, nice. For the price of one, I got two. <laughs> so... Most times, it's the reason why street photography helps, especially if you do events and you do weddings, it's, it helps build your muscle memory. It helps build your, your reflex, your, your um, you know what reflex is now, your, your, your speed to act, your, how fast you are to actually do these things. So if you're shooting an event, now you know events is all about moments. There's someone laughing, there's someone crying, there's someone throwing somebody up. So you need to be able to capture those things. But... If you've been doing a lot of street photography, you've been doing exercise, already you're, you're already, well, I say trained, or you've trained your senses to an extent. When, when this thing happens in your paid gig, it's easy. You just capture it. So that's, that was taken in somewhere in Asaba or Delta State. Yeah, Ugeli. Yeah, that's the place. So Now, this was, um, I, I, take, I use the um, downfall a lot because the streets are always posing, waiting for you to capture if you're in your, uh, you're in your home or your distance, you might, you might be missing a lot because before you come out of that, your home or you wind down, time has, life has passed you by. <laughs> so this, this was in Oshodi at night. I, you know, remember I said I have a small camera. These guys are hostile people. <laughs> not, not like they're hostile people, but they were trying to call them, you know how they do now, older, 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 money they didn't work for. So... They were trying to collect money from this guy, and already, I, I, I'm always fascinated by night pictures, so I just chilled. I think I got like four or five frames of this very thing. This was the one that was most in focus, and it worked. I just turned. I was sitting near the driver. I just put the, um, I was looking at them, eye contact, but the camera was here. So I just clicked, 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 and left, and removed my face, and checked my picture, and it worked. And even if they see, one thing that happens is this. It, there's fear in them as well. So most times they don't even know who you are. So if they have that um, urge to want to ask you that, ah, who are you? They're, they're thinking, maybe this guy too is somebody else. So just to avoid trouble, they just go calm. Um, this was from a boss as well. This place that has the black spot is where I, as in, I was sitting in front. This man was trying to enter the bus from behind me. This was in my front. Doesn't make sense. This woman was walking towards the bus, the woman selling the drink. 
this man was trying to enter the bus. You know, mirror, reflection. Reflection is one of the sweetest forms of, um, of um, composition because <laughs> it helps. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Because it helps create like a two or multiple dimension image. Because people are used to seeing things one way, then you add a mirror, all of a sudden, the world is now two. So it's, it's really fascinating. So the man entering from behind and the woman coming forward. Okay, this was in a worry. Was, um, was actually a barrier we went to. <laughs> and the fact that kids could be this happy in the barrier. <laughs> well, the woman was actually old. It was their grandmom, so I, I just took it. The whole smile thing, and that's it. No, no much much. So sorry, Bernard. Uh, there's a particular shot of a girl, um, and I think there's like a big house behind her. I, I, I was really, you know, taken aback by that, by that photograph. I don't know if, if you can show it. Um, I, I, I think it's a grayscale photograph. No, no, it's not the first one. No, it's, it's a girl that's actually standing. I think she has... Um, Reds, and it's just a, a, a small girl. She's standing, and there's a building in her background. So, oh, sorry, yeah, this one, this one, sorry. Uh, this was taken in Makoko community, Lagos here, just the community that live under the Todd Milan Bridge. I, from time to time, I go there with um, either with friends or just a good The reason why I like going there is because that place is so, there's, there's so much happening there. Even if you bring out your camera phone and just take a picture, that picture can pass for a CNN image because that community is just so, this, it's so rich. That's how artists would say it. It's a rich community. So we, were, uh, we had gone to, we are gone down, we are coming back, and the girl just stood still there. And I, I looked up, I, I was going to take an, a picture ball. I wasn't sure whether to take the picture. I was, I was still trying to think, is it right? Because at first, I, something I, I, try, I decided to teach myself is not to take images that just portray people as, um, as these stereotype images about poor people, about suffering people, suffer ahead and all. So I, I wasn't sure whether to take or not to take this picture ball. At some point, I, I just noticed the, hair, the hairstyle. I mean, this thing is it's, it's not just a regular girl. And, and her pose was more like she was calling out to me to take the picture. So I just shot it. So eventually I noticed, oh, the lines, everything, more like the frame is so beautiful. One thing with learning, training yourself to see is this. After training, doing all this practice and training yourself to see, eventually you now notice that most times when you just take a picture, you might not necessarily think about all those things. The muscle memory we've talk, talked about. Every picture you just take just happens to be oh well framed and well composition, and everybody's like, ah, this guy is bad. But it's about the how you got there, the whole training, all the whole training your eyes, the whole random shooting, the whole exercising yourself to get there. So that's it. So it's important to keep doing this thing. Thank you very much, um, Mr. Carlu. Um, I suppose I, I have a, a final question. In, in your journey so far, um, in, in this in this photography. Um, adventure, if you like. What, what would you say is, uh, are some of the lessons you've learned um, um, from the trade, um, as a business, um, as, a, as, as an art form? What would you say are some of the things that 
you would tell yourself, your, early, your, your younger self, you know, just, just starting off into photography? Um, um, things I've learned, I've learned that um, practice is key. There's no, there's no shortcut. There's no shortcut to work. Work is work. When you put in the work, you get the results. It's just like planting a seed. When you sow, you expect to have it. So work is work. Work is like price. It's um, something that is so key. Then uh, I've learned about business. I've learned that you, it's important you determine your own value and not just wait for the value people put on you. Because people will never value you beyond or up to what you value yourself. People will only, will only value you at what they feel you should be or what they can afford. And photography being, being art and being business for you, you need to understand that this thing is business as well. The issue has been a lot of clients, they, they, they already have this um, mindset, they, they already have this thinking that a lot of creative people don't understand business. So that's why if they want a job done, they'll just call like 20 people and ask for your prize your prize list, and everybody gives them their prize list, and they now start picking, trying to choose, because they just feel, these guys don't understand business. And the kind of, the kind of content we create is, is, is the content that actually, it's, it's priceless. This thing generates even money for them. That's if you're shooting for organizations. Or even if it's a wedding, the memories that are packed up in that photo book you give them, it's, it's more than what they can actually pay for, even if you have to charge them for it. So if you understand that, you're actually off, you're offering service. So... Determine your words and don't give them a discount. <laughs> so that, that's about business. And another thing I have realized is that you cannot, you cannot please everybody. This thing people say about, um, you cannot please everybody, you're not jealous first. You cannot please everybody. So you need, to, you need to, first of all, determine your style. And not first of all, as in, you know how we talked about it. When you get to the level of feeling, when you feel like, oh, now I should shoot get clients that understand my style. When you get to that level, you should be able to stick to it. It might not be easy on the, at, at the earlier stage because, I mean, maybe you're used to getting at least every weekend, even if you don't do anything, you get at least a wedding every month, and all of a sudden you're getting people that are not willing to pay your words, and some, sometimes you're getting people that just want a regular picture, and still they're not even able to pay your words. The, the temptation to want to do that job is always there. But always look at the future. If Photography is something you want to do for the long run. You don't want a situation where, where the money you earn, you, you're not able to take care of your family from that money. You're not able to buy gears when you need to buy, upgrade your gears. You're not able to go on vacations. Because our generation, we're not all about buying cars. We're all about traveling these days. So your people are traveling, getting the experience, and you're just there telling them, ah, all these things are in Nigeria too. <laughs> so you don't want to be caught in that web. So you need to... You need to understand that you're not for everybody. You cannot please everybody. And I mean, as much as you're not for everybody, also know that your kind of people are in this world, not just in this world, they are in this Lagos. So just strategize with your marketing and all. You will reach those you're supposed to reach, and you get paid what, you're, what you deserve or what you're worth. So that's it. Thank you very much, Bernard. So at this point, I would like if we can take any questions. Oh, okay. Let's, let's just... <laughs> Give a round of applause to Mr. Kalu. Um, thank you very much for your insights. Okay, so is, is there a mic going around or do I have to carry my own around? Um, okay, it appears we have some mics down there. 
It's at the bottom of the microphone, the switch. Thank you very much, Mr. Kalu. Um, you know, photography, the way I see images is not the way you see images. And um, there is one of your photographs, one of the images, the one, there's a downfall and um, two persons, a man on a yellow shirt. Please. And there's a kind of blurness in the image. I, I want to see, I want you to talk on that image because Normally, if I see that image on um, a regular basis or from a starter, I would like X that image, like, oh, God, take it away. But <laughs> seeing it here now, and one of the images that you picked to show here, I'm really shocked. And uh, <laughs> this image, I want you to call it, please, sir. OK, um, photography is an art, right? When you start learning um, maths in primary school or nursery school, they tell you one plus one is two. One minus two, it cannot go. Do you remember that math? When you now get to secondary school, they tell you one minus two equals minus one. What happened to it cannot go? <laughs> so, so the same thing with photography. At, at the earlier stage, they're telling you your picture should be sharp, um, no shadows, Focus on, you know, stuff like that, just so that you understand the elementary stuff. But the, the truth is this. You, there, are, there are lots of ways to tell stories. You, could, you can tell stories through sh with shadows. You can tell stories with law. Now, the, the, actual, the message of this picture is this. The city that never sleeps. This is Lagos at night. And I took this picture some, somewhat around past 10 or to 11. And how, how else could I have showed this, excuse me, how else could I have showed this movement without the blur? I don't know if, you, if it makes sense. The only way I could show the city that never sleeps, that always keeps walking, is with blow, with a, a sign to show that there's movement there. You understand? So blow is not such a bad thing. It's how you use it. You understand? Then the downfall is Lagos. Anywhere you see this yellow downfall, you know it's Lagos. So this, this is more like a city that never sleeps. So blow is not such a bad thing. Hmm? Thank you very much. I really appreciate the interviews. You've answered some of my fears when it comes to street photography. First of all, I'm a graphic designer, and sometimes when I want to work with image, I like to create the like work with an image that really reflects the idea. So yeah. let's say you want to design something, a program, a women program. Like women, there was a program I ran a design for some time ago. Women of Nigeria Problem Financial Solution. The random idea was to just go on Google and pick pictures, but for that kind of topic, for the person coming who is an activist, Joe Bokwe, and the like, I felt I need market to make pictures. So the, to take, to get the picture, it, was a, it wasn't easy. So I was actually waiting to know when he has the question, what pic, how do you shoot the street yeah. photography? I've gotten some ideas on that, which I really appreciate. Now, the other area that I have an interest in is product photography. Okay. And when you, these are areas that, you know, in Nigeria here, like you say, what pays? Where the money comes is, you know, party event and the like. So, how do you juggle that? Look at small businesses. You know, you have a couple of shoes and guys making shoes, making clothing lines and the like nowadays, and you just want them to see the value in this thing. But they just put you in the same loop with one regular 
photographer and they don't get your idea. And that's, it's not so easy to so now juggle it with whatever things you have an interest. So those are the things that I like to know. How do you, how do you build up that kind of passion, you know, bringing it back to profitability because for you to yeah. start doing production, you need to get some things in place and, you know, that's okay. just it. Thank you. Thank you. And um, thank you for thinking it's wrong to steal images from the, on, from the online. <laughs> thank you so much because it's, it's good you mentioned it. Those of you that are graphic designers that steal images, God is watching all of you. <laughs> so to your question, I, know, I have a friend. His name is Shino, Deshino. He does product photography, and he's amazing at it. Now, from, we've had conversations a couple of times, and the, from the GC gave me, people, people usually don't get it. They, they, they always feel like, why should I pay? Because when, when, when you come to him, he tells you his charge. You're like, come on. Like, really? Just, you're not even snapping me. Is this thing you're snapping? But see, for someone to be attracted to something enough to buy it, that thing must appeal to the person. When you go, when you open these Vogue magazines, if you see the way they snap perfume, you want the perfume not even because of how it smells, but just because of how it looks, the bottle, and you won't be carrying the bottle around town, but people don't usually get it. So it's, it's, it's how you, to me, how I say it is this, it's still more like a virgin industry or part of photography. And those that can enter the front line now and educate people are the ones that as in hit it big in it. Like Chino now, you, I, I can't mention, I don't think they're up to three. I can't, they're just maybe two or three product photographers in Lagos as a whole. And how many industries are there in Lagos? Every day there's need for people to put stuff on Jumia. There's need for people to put stuff on Conga website. So the market is there. So it's just for you. What, what I think you should do is this. You have, um, you don't, it doesn't even have to be friends that design. You have, you have products in your house. You buy all these products. You buy... Um, you buy, uh, what's, what product will I use now? Free adverts. Okay, you have, um, let's say, a laptop. You have wristwatch and all. Take, learn how to do it. Then take pictures of this thing. Create a page for it. Keep publicizing it. Meet people that, that you feel have this agency. Show them works, works, works you've done. Educate them. So you, you might not start big like maybe how Shino is getting it now. But you start at a level and you can eventually build up and grow from there. But you need to start. Because if you keep waiting for the time the market is ready for you, by the time they are ready for you, they might not remember you. They'll look for the guy that is at, that, at the top of his game. So you, you want to be part of the players at the industry when the time comes. That's it. Okay, I think we have some people in the back. Hi, my name is Sunny. Uh, my question is actually related to the uh, question you asked on product photography. I'm not uh, actually talking about the professional photography, but like photography from the aspect of a, a going business, a business that is uh, starting. So uh, a business that has a product that wants to showcase on maybe on their social media page and all those. Now, uh, inviting a photographer to a photo shoot for you is actually quite expensive and for a business that is just uh, coming up you know you have other uh, activities to still invest in so i don't know if you can delve into this uh, smartphone photography okay. how it actually works because like i've uh i've around the yaba area i was working one day 
then some there are some people doing maybe a video uh, shoot. Then they used their, I can't remember the kind of phone they used, but it was in a tripod stand. Then they actually kind of connected, used like a DSLR, DSLR camera. Then you also attached a, a smartphone and also connected mic to it. So I don't know how that's, I don't know if you can. Uh, um, okay, from what you, the question, I, I think you're asking how you can, to save costs, how you can resort to using your smartphones to create images. You know, if I've, I think I've said it more than once here, it's usually not about the camera, it's about the person behind the camera. So if you understand the basics of how to create image, what you just need is a camera. So anything that has a lens that can project an image should work for you. So with smartphones, like, I think four or five of the images I showed you were shot with my phone, but nobody could have guessed, you understand? So if your light is right, for product photography, you, you don't need a lot. You just need um, maybe a, a plain, a plain surface, maybe white or black, depending on what you want to shoot. Good light, maybe get um, carton, um, cardboard paper so for reflector. If your light is right, you get what you want. But another another way to beat that is this: if you have a product, a genuine product you want to put out there, and you really don't have the money, you you there's a way to reach out to people to maybe a photo an established photographer to to collaborate with you you could offer that oh CEO this is my product I don't have so much money can you collaborate with me okay maybe uh, you'll be my, like my brand ambassador I'll be, I'll be giving you so, so and so products there's a way to talk about, go around it the issue with a lot of people is this they want to collaborate yeah like butter exchange trade but they want to collaborate with you but they, they, they want to be the boss someone will call you on phone and say um, how are you doing um, you're a photographer, right? Can you, can you do a shoot for me? And you, you're thinking, oh, someone, your client has called you. Then you now give them money. You're like, oh, sorry, actually, I'm thinking. Why did you come, come as James Bond initially? You understand? Approach is, approach is everything for me. Whether, I, whether I, 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 I send you or I work with you, determined, it's, 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 um, it's determined by how I sense your approach. I... I'm not good with people. No, people. It's not about being proud, but there are people that just have that haughty spirit. They just feel they should be on top of your head every time. And you say, well, I don't work well with those kind of people. So when I just sense that this guy is being all James Bond, superstar over man, you want my help. You want actually, you actually want my contribution. I just tell you, oh, all the best. Peace be unto you. You understand? So meet someone that is actually in this stuff that is good with it. Approach him and. Be generous as well. Don't just be the whole, come and shoot it for me. God bless you. See, bless him as well. God has already blessed him. I'm Benjamin Banyan. And once I snap or I take a shoot, I love street. But at the long run, I will plan to if you do that for a long while, for a while, sir, and you're not making money from it, it's not making sense. So I want to ask you, how do you make money from street photography? Um, how long have you been shooting street?
Okay. 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 Why are we laughing now? It's, that is since, uh, since March. Okay, see, um, before you, I don't know if you were here when I was saying it earlier. I said, there's, there's a part time has, time has to play on your, on your work. You don't expect that, it's not Yahoo Yahoo, it's not Maga Pain. <laughs> Art is not Yahoo Yahoo. Art is actually work, sweat, and eventually the whole, what people see as the glory, as the, as the money comes into play. So that work and sweat has to come to play. If I've been shooting for shooting street for at least I can say over three years now, and I could have just asked that question the first two years and say, ah, come on, this thing that I'm shooting, say, what am I doing with it? Who has called me first? You understand? It was until last year that um, I got approached by a gallery that they, they wanted to exhibit my work. You understand? So you need you need to give. I'm not saying. If there's a way you can get a side job or get do maybe do weddings to complement, just be able to, to be able to feed yourself, do it. But this street is not a or documentary per se is not a one-off thing. You have you have to give it time, and it takes time to actually build the integrity that organizations see. I want to contract you or get you to shoot the assignment. It takes time to build that integrity. I mean, a lot of these people that you see, someone like um, Tom Sutter, for instance. How many of you know the big Boston Sata. And see, he has been shooting street for, for years. So you might just be, when he tells you how much he earned or how much his last gig paid him, you might be carried away and say, oh, when will this money start coming in? But he gave you time. And there's something time does to you. you. You get better in your art and you, you just, you get more confident. So even if when a client comes, you, you know how to talk to them. You're not just carried away by, you're not fidgeting and saying, okay, any amount you give me, just, just give me. I'll just, you understand? So you, you build character in that time, and your, your portfolio actually gets better. You understand? So the idea is keep doing it, keep doing it, and eventually. But there are ways to make money from this. You can sell your, your, your print. You can make prints of it. Like, you know what? Enlargement frames. Make frames and put it on your Instagram that you're selling prints. Your people will buy it. You'll be amazed. Even your family people might like it and buy it. That way, you're, even if you're selling for 15K or 20K, but you're generating cash for yourself. And it's not like when you, if you have a picture that is selling most, nobody say you can't print it again to sell. You understand? You can print and sell, then you can maybe over time do an exhibition. From the exhibition, you invite people, people can come, see what they like, and buy. And from there, if people say you're serious enough, they can, you can. The, the ways are, in fact, when it comes to photography, the channels to make money is actually much more. Because we are distracted by the hashtag follow the money, we, we are not, our eyes are not open to see some other things. So that's it. Thank you. Thank you very much, Bernard. We just have time for one question. One more question from the lady. Sorry, can we please go back to the previous picture? This one. This one. The one, yeah, this, oh. this one, okay. Okay, um, the subject is the rail. <laughs> now, you know, sometimes um, as photographers, you don't just shoot people, you shoot ideas. You understand? So the idea of this picture is growth. The whole idea of moving ahead, climbing. So I... 
I already got pictures of, in fact, it was the same day I took the other picture of the whole talent hunt thing. But I already got images of people and all, but I wanted more. So I focused on the real and to me, interpreted what I had in mind more than taking the people moving up and down. I don't know if it makes sense. So art is not, as I explained, art is not science where, you know, science is formula. When you calculate this thing, you get an answer. Art is diverse. You can, it means a lot of, it means different things to different people. So that's it. Um, what DSLR do you have? D90, okay. Um, when you're going out to the street, remove your battery grip. If possible, get uh, a lens that is not so, get maybe 50 mm or 35 mm so that you don't have this. You know, when we start photographing, the longer the lens, in our mind, we think the longer the lens, the badder you are. <laughs> but it's actually not true. <laughs> so as much as possible, make your camera compact. And you're a lady, smile a lot. People are not, I said it before, I said Nigerians are not mad people, even though they are not mad people in Nigeria. So, as you go out there, when you see something that fascinates you, a lot of things I used to do is, uh, they call it, Sheldon call it, calls it stealing photos. So because I've, I've, I've built my reflex, I can just move and just take a photo and just move and keep going. Nobody knows that I'm taking a photo. So you can do that for a while, till maybe you're confident enough to, if you see something you like, you go to, you go to the person and say, oh, good afternoon, can I take your picture? You're like, oh, who are you? You say, oh, like I'm a student. Are you not a student? Student of photography. You're learning. So like I'm a student, I'm, I'm just practicing and all. And you might be surprised the kind of conversation you guys will have. Sometimes they might say, oh, you're a student. Oh, can you even shoot? They might even now tell you, oh, I have something. You understand? So just be a good person. Approach people and be lovable. Yeah. Um, if you want to do streets, a lot of streets, you at some point need to get a mirrorless camera because it makes the work easier. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, thank you very much, uh, Mr. Bernard Kalu, for that very insightful session. Thank you very much. Um, thank, thank you, everyone, for coming. Um, I hope it was beneficial and it met or exceeded your expectations. Thank you very much. I will just step off the stage so that the next session can... I'm sure he'll be available for questions in the background. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Stay tuned to our next episode. Subscribe to us at Startup Lagos on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Visit us at www.startuplagos.co.